We each hold a unique place in this world, complete with our own dreams, culture, and perspective. It is the individual stories of those I meet along my journey that shape the way I see the world. I'm so excited to share these stories with you, and I hope they allow you to fall in love with humanity as much as they have for me. Welcome to This World My View. I'm your host, Liana. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to take a sec and answer one of the most commonly asked questions I get asked. Can I come with you? Well, the quick answer is yes. I host two trips a year that are open to you, but these are not your typical group trips. These are intimate adventures that allow you to travel responsibly, connect authentically, and experience a new culture alongside those that call it home. If you're interested in learning more about how you can travel with me or what destinations are on the docket for this coming year, then head to the link in the show notes and join my travel community. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, then you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say the most beautiful parts of this world are those we get to connect with. I love the opportunity hosting these trips gives me to share some of those amazing people with some of you in real life. And if you're tuning in for the first time, then I'm so excited to share one of those amazing humans with you right now. Today, I want to introduce you to Lila. Lila is a friend of mine that I got to meet through actually a former podcast guest. Um, And when you meet people, I find that often they they are the type that that want to connect you with more and continue to build community and uh and this individual uh met her and met me and said you two need to know each other so big shout out to rob uh for just introducing us and for giving me a new friend lila and i had coffee a few weeks back and uh she is just such an awesome girl um i I, it's rare to to meet people that i feel like just have such a, a a zeal and a zest for what they want to do and where they want to go to the point that they're willing to just say like I'm going to put everything else aside that everyone values. I'm going to put everything else aside that anyone says I need to value. And I'm going to just pursue who I feel like I want to be and pursue the joy that I feel like is available to me in life. So I am super excited to introduce you guys to Lila today. She is just uh, just a sweet and kind and, and fun spirit. And I'm, I'm super excited to dive into this conversation with her. So Lila, thank you for being here. Wow, thank you so much for having me. I'm blushing. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> no, it's so good to have you here so um as i told you a little bit i have a list of questions that i work through with all of my guests they're all just focused on getting to know you your view of the world your perspective there's no wrong answers because it's you okay so answer as you feel led and we'll dive right in sounds good okay uh first one is who do you define yourself as oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) what what a great question um who do i define myself as well You know, it's funny that you ask that because I used to kind of put myself in a box and I think a lot of people will take on an identity that they feel that they can connect with at least, you know, 70% and then they feel the need to take everything that goes with that boxed identity and take it on themselves. And I sort of stopped doing that. You know, on the one hand, I really like to socialize and speak to people and meet people from all over the world. And, you know, sometimes I like to go out and meet hundreds of people and see their lives. And then other days, I'm a complete introvert. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm tired. I want to sleep for two days in a row. Um, And I think 
I think a lot of the the problem, especially when you're growing up, you want to put yourself into a box, into a category, because it's just easier that way. Then you don't have to pick and choose the things that you like or don't like or want to define yourself as. So I guess I just define myself as the things that I like in the moment that I like them. Um, you change day to day. People make these schemas of what I mean if you look at like I don't know a high school movie and you see like <laughs> the jocks and the cheerleaders and the jocks only like sports but they're not good at school and they only do this and they only date the cheerleaders which is so ridiculous um, you can like sports and like school and like math I don't know so I guess there are a couple of things a couple of moral principles that I like to stick by just just treat people well don't hurt anybody treat yourself well love yourself first and that's it that's who I define myself as nothing else because it can really change all the time mm -hmm. yeah I love that so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think so often it is it's like like you said it's easier to just be like oh this is the box I live in mm -hmm. and I don't have to think and I don't have to be angry or happy with myself for what I choose I can just say well this is my box mm -hmm. and it's a lot more challenging and it's a lot scarier but it's also a heck of a lot more rewarding to say like I'm going to create my own space and maybe it isn't a box and maybe it doesn't fit a mold and it's going to be all of these things and mm -hmm. and, I, and I like the things you say but these are the things that are most important let's be kind to other others let's love yourself and yeah, yeah that's it whatever that means to you in that day mm -hmm. you know yeah I love that all right next one's a little easier <laughs> what is your favorite food Oh, that's actually so much harder. <laughs> um, okay, okay. My favorite food is any form of a dumpling. And so that could be a dumpling coming from Asia, coming from Europe. So, you know, from pierogies to raviolis to... to... xiaolongbao to mandu, momos dumpling form of food okay. love it so good all right any kind of dough wrapped around something else yeah, pretty much yeah, yeah. okay yeah. i love that <laughs> i think that's fair yeah, yeah. big fan of raviolis mm, so good <laughs> yeah uh are you reading anything right now you know what that's a really that will take us back to the box question okay so i love to learn and i love to speak to others and learn new languages and all this stuff I'm not a strong reader. I can read very quickly. I'm a good reader, mm -hmm. but I just don't enjoy sitting down and reading a book for hours. Um, I would prefer to intake my information through video form or audio form, so I will listen to audiobooks sometimes. Um, the last book that I read was a book that I had already read two times. I'm reading it Fini I finished it now in my third language. I was reading The Alchemist, oh, okay. which I read yeah. first in English and okay. then in Spanish and okay. then in Hebrew. <laughs> and I just finished that maybe like a month ago and I haven't picked up another book since. Yeah, okay, it's just like a, a subtle drop there that she speaks more than one <laughs> language. <laughs> which is cool, but like reading in more than one language yeah. is a whole nother level. So yeah. yeah, that's really cool. That's That's one of my favorite books. And I do appreciate that because it's like, Reading, I think so often everybody's like, this is something you should do. Yes. 
And it's like, yeah, it's something you should do if it's right for you. A hundred percent. But you should absorb learning and you should absorb new information. But sometimes the format in which we absorb that looks different from person to person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I like the clarification, like you're a good reader, but like you can read. I can definitely yeah, read. That's, definitely. you know, I would think so at this point in your life. <laughs> I, I read quite quickly, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And in multiple languages. Yeah. But it's not necessarily where you find the most joy absorbing information. No, so, I, I, yeah. I, f- I mean, I find myself, you know, as I'm traveling along, I would much prefer to walk up to a group of people who look diverse and introduce myself and get into a three hour long conversation about whatever with them than sitting and reading book. Yeah, it's just it's just what I like. It's fair. No, yeah. I can resonate with a lot of that <laughs> for sure. Um, what would you say is your greatest fear? I guess, okay, I guess I have two. One is... One is losing a person that I really, really love. Um, That would be very hard for me, and I guess really anyone. I'm sure that's a very common fear. And the other one, which has always been a fear of mine, and I ended up doing something about it, but it was a fear of complacency, a fear of kind of getting myself stuck in this loop of a routine because everybody else says that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and just sort of working living to work and eating to live and waiting to die and just a kind of pointless existence trying to check off tasks from a list because that's what I'm supposed to be doing and never really feel fulfilled and peaceful and happy yeah 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 so yeah hinting at that a little bit (laughs) um I'm sure we'll get into that Mm -hmm. a little bit more but um yeah I appreciate you sharing that I think it is it's it's common to say like this is something I fear and I think often verbalizing those things helps other people realize that like yeah it's okay Mm -hmm. to have to have my fears Mm -hmm. it's also okay to take action to to do something about them absolutely yeah just having them doesn't mean we have to stay in them a hundred percent so nah that's cool um on the other end of that what would you say you value the most I value the trust and faith that I have in myself um living the lifestyle that I do I have to be able to trust myself and my gut and my instincts and my intuition Mm -hmm. and I really do value the independence that I have that I've grown in myself because I know that no matter what I'm gonna be okay and I'm gonna figure it out and that is a really comforting thought and it really gives you strength and power to be able to do the things that you really really want to do Mm -hmm. even if they're scary you know that you're going to do it you're going to be able to accomplish it yeah for sure i love that uh when was the last time you felt joy i feel joy every single day as much as i possibly can i do it consciously even for i I no longer wait for big, grandiose things to happen to make me feel joy. I try to, as often as I possibly can, I try to come back to the present and be like, wow, this telephone pole color is beautiful, or I'm so happy that I easily had the $2.91 to buy this coffee, and, and I have this car at my disposal that just happens to be sitting at my mother's house and I came in for a visit and it's there for me and I could just get in and go and so I I don't wait 
for stuff to be big and crazy to make me feel joy. I, I really try to feel it as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that leads to... Yeah, I love that you pulled the telephone pull color out. Like, <laughs> it just it leads to, to focusing on saying, like, what is in front of me and what can I enjoy and, mm-hmm. and to be appreciative of those things. And it, it just leads us to be more joy-filled, more grateful people yeah. be simply because we're aware of it. A hundred percent. I mean, you can... I believe that you can either live in heaven on earth or you can live in hell on earth and two people can be looking at the same situation and they can both be living in one of the two options at the same time. And you can decide to focus your brain, pre-program your brain to look for the good and the happy and the positive. And it's not false positivity, you know? It's not, if you're feeling sad or mad or bad, feel that feeling for sure, honor it. But there's a lot of stuff all around you that mostly we just take it for granted mm-hmm. when other people would would kill to have mm-hmm. some of these things to mm-hmm. see a beautiful telephone pole mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. and you can learn to put your energy and focus on that and when you do that you only see that you see more and more of that and you have a joyous happy life and when you're happy you're relaxed and when you're relaxed you can flow you can go with the flow and everything is always fine and you don't feel this anxiety and this depression and this impending doom and stress mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah to just say like hey like if i choose to focus on these things it, it it's not it's not blindness it's not ignorance it's not like i'm just going to pretend everything's fine yeah. it's like no it's like legitimately saying like if i take joy in these little things, mm-hmm. then it sets my mindset in a place where it's looking for joy. Absolutely. And it's gonna stay focused on those things. Mm-hmm. So then when things come, I'm less stressed. I'm in a better mood. Yeah. I'm less anxiety ridden because I've stacked all these beautiful things that I've seen in my day already. And, mm-hmm. and we're just heading in that direction. It's building momentum. Also, I, I think it kind of blinds you if you don't do that. It's mm-hmm. like putting on horse blinders because you make all these sort of expectations of what are the things that are going to make you feel joy and then when these things inevitably don't happen the way that you plan because nothing ever actually really does let's be honest then you see you you set yourself up for disappointment which is like the opposite of feeling joy Mm -hmm. so if you're able to get yourself to a place where you're happy and content and peaceful and you're seeing the joy and you're experiencing the joy, but you're not holding on to it or making it some expectation, then you're open and your eyes are sort of open and you're not wearing these horse blinders that you can see all the possibilities for a little bit more joy instead of blinding yourself and focusing on one set expectation that is definitely not going to go 100% your way because it's not how the world works Mm -hmm. and just feeling bad Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value for everybody listening to hear that and just say like, okay, yeah, that's a simple thing that I can do to just kind of like refocus Mm -hmm. the direction. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Love that. Uh, When was the last time you were afraid and why? You know, okay. I feel afraid for tiny short bursts Mm -hmm. whenever I'm doing something that's a little bit new. But I no longer let the fear sort of take over my body and control my behaviors and my actions and responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, a couple months ago, I was in Morocco and typically I'm with my friends, my Moroccan friends. Um, but I was alone 
for a few days in an apartment and I had to go out to the store and I had to buy some milk. I just had to for coffee. And I start, you know, I don't speak Moroccan Derija a little tiny bit, but certainly not enough to feel comfortable. And I look a different way and I'm a woman and I started going over all these things and all these things. And oh my God, it's so scary. It's so scary. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and saying, okay, yes, it's scary. We're going to go do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Come on. And I like took my own hand like a child and said, come on, we're going to do it anyway. And with all of my fear and all the stuff that I knew was 99% just stuff in my head because it, nothing even happened to me yet. And I went outside and I bought some milk and I had a conversation in probably the worst <coughs> Dirty Jack accent you could ever have. And the guy said, wow, very good Dirty Jack. And I got my milk and I went back upstairs and that was it. And I remember feeling like such joy, even though all I did was go to the stupid store and buy a carton of milk. But I remember being like, you see, like I said out loud because I was alone. So no one would think I was crazy. Like, you see, you did it. You did it. It was great. You did wonderfully. And you got a compliment, which is an extra thing that you didn't even expect. And now you have milk and now you don't have to go outside again today. You did it. And so the, the feeling afraid, it always kind of comes, but you have to just take your own hand and do it anyway. I just bought a ticket to, to South Korea and I'll be going uh, in about a month, a little over a month. And I am quote unquote afraid because I don't speak any Asian language at all. I have no base um, in the languages that I do speak. It's completely different. I can't read a single character. The culture is completely different. Everything is going to be so different. And I can sit there and be afraid of all the stuff. And of course it goes through my head because I'm human. But I said, okay, come on, take my own hand, bought the ticket. We're going to go. We're going to see what happens. We're going to take one step and then another step and we're going to do it anyway. And I know this is the only thing I know is that I'm going to be proud of myself for whatever happens i love that thank you like the only thing i know is i'll be proud of myself for sure because i have to be because yeah. t- i'm taking this step i'm gonna yeah. do it anyway yeah i love that i think so often people can assume oh when somebody travels like nothing scares them mm. and it's like no it does but it's it's just like such a beautiful analogy i'm just gonna take my own hand and, and yeah. we're just gonna go do it and then say like, good job like you did this thing mm-hmm. there's nothing to be afraid of but we can develop these fears over nothing sometimes I think if you travel and nothing scares you either you're not a human being or you're not traveling in the way that you could be Mm -hmm. because you're doing things that are 100% within your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and while it may be nice you're not getting the benefit that you could be you're not growing you're not Mm -hmm. challenging yourself Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like the growth that comes from travel that's a little scary is like something I don't know I, I don't know any other place in my life that I've been pushed or grown or learned mm-hmm. things about myself or others mm-hmm. more you, than I have from travel mm-hmm. you asked me what I valued about myself and it was my the trust I have in myself and the admiration I have for myself mm-hmm. and my independence and it, it mm-hmm. comes from this and mm-hmm. it didn't come from going to a place that I'm familiar with mm-hmm. where I speak the language 100% and I know everybody and no it came from doing things that were scary and accomplishing them in whatever way that I did and learning and growing and now I feel confident enough to take my butt to South Korea where I don't know anything that's going to happen there. It'll be 
it'll be a new adventure and one you get to be proud of 100 percent. yeah that i know for sure yeah that's exciting it is yeah and i think it's really good for people to hear that part of it just say like yeah sometimes we don't know yeah it's true um would you say that there's a moment in your life that changed you or taught you something definitely (laughs) um so very long story very short i learned that i had been dealing with a a condition a mental condition as it were a complex ptsd for all my years of life Mm -hmm. and i finally got the the diagnosis of this and the in the care that i needed for it Mm -hmm. and i sort of um, from my therapist that i had fairly new one uh a young guy who I never really, I think we talked about this last yeah. week when I saw you, like I was always going to older women with the book and the notepad and blah, blah, blah. And I had this opportunity for this young dude to like help me and be my new therapist. And I said, oh, I don't know, that's kind of weird, but let's give it a try. Anyway, he diagnosed me. He said, this is what's going on. And these are the tools that you can use to fix it. Either you do it or you don't. I can't do it for you. And <coughs> I started fixing myself doing the inner work and the outer work and the reparenting and the breath work and all the stuff and after about two months of that intense heavy work I I started to open my eyes in a new way I sort of felt like a newborn baby for real and I so that was kind of the all of a sudden I feel like I was just born again and I'm looking around and I'm looking at the life that I have and I'm saying with clear open eyes I don't think this is what I want I think there's a lot more that I can do and even though it's very very scary to do it I'm gonna I I have to go for it or else what's the point of even being here Mm -hmm. yeah no I so appreciate you sharing that I think there's just so many so many things within um just within all of that that just lets Mm -hmm. people know like hey like we can we can be impacted by things that are out of our control and, and we can get help for those things. And it, that help can come from places we never expected it to. And and then we have to do a lot of work. A lot of work. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's, and wow. then it's okay to look at your life and say, this isn't what I want and I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Even though, you know, I, I got... I got a lot of feedback at first and most of it was, are you crazy? <laughs> and I would say, you know, I think for the first time in my life, I'm not crazy. I think for the first time my eyes are actually open and I'm awake and I can understand that cutting everything off and leaving seems like a really extreme impulsive move, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that this move was the the most not planned out, but it felt the most correct to do of all the moves I've ever made in my life. Hmm. So would you mind sharing a little bit more of what that move was? Yes. That, <laughs> yes. That are listening yes. going, yes. what is she talking about? Yeah, so basically, <laughs> I uh, so I was born in the United States. I lived in Philadelphia for about 20 years. I finished university and I moved to Israel. And I spent about nine-ish years, nine, ten years there. Um, and when I was in Israel, you know, I had a full-time job. I was making good money. I had a partner of like five years I had a beautiful apartment on the beach I had stuff on stuff on stuff and I had a scooter and I had friends and I had I just had a lot of the stuff that they tell you is the stuff that you want and on paper I was doing it right Um, but also every single day 
I was suffering. I was consuming nonstop because I had all this money, but I didn't have any time because I was stuck in an office and I was just consuming food and consuming shopping and I could go on very small trips when I had a couple seconds to myself and I could buy, buy, buy on those trips and then come back and sit there. And every day I was just, I couldn't breathe and I was having heart palpitations and I, I knew that this was not the way to live. Um, and so around the same time, I, I was having also a lot of trouble in my relationship. Um, he's a wonderful, wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful man. I have nothing but good things to say about him. Um, but it just, we were having trouble because of, you know, both of our stuff. And I take responsibility on my part because when you're living in a brain that has CPTSD, you don't realize mm -hmm. that you're reacting to things in the way that you are. Mm -hmm. um, and we had sort of a big falling out And that's when he w he left for about two months. Uh, sort of, we sort of broke up unofficially, kind of, and it sent me into a spiral. And that's when I went to my therapist and said, "Help me! I need help." Um, and he said, "Okay, this is what you have. This is what you have to do." And here we go. So I took about two months. I took those two months, and I worked so hard. I cut off temporarily cut off all of my friends and I was in a different therapist every single day and I was morning till night on a regiment of reparenting and breath work and kundalini yoga and journaling and all this stuff and by the end of it I had understood that I am not in the right place I don't necessarily know what the place is that I need to be but I do know that all the stuff and all the the permanence of keeping me to one location and keeping me in these payments and keeping me chained down to all this material stuff is causing me pain mm -hmm. and so pretty quickly all within about a week of time I ended things with my partner I quit my job I sold all my stuff I left my apartment uh, to move in for one month with a friend as a sublet I found a job that I was going to work remotely in Um, I took that month to sort of practice by working in cafes around Tel Aviv. Um, and then I bought myself a one-way ticket to Madrid. And I have not looked back. All the stuff that I own now is in my backpack, which I have since then condensed to a carry-on size only. Mm -hmm. And I move where I want, when I want, freely with who I want. And I explore new things and I say yes opportunities and I just sort of live in this world with my two feet on the ground and I'm awake and I'm present and I'm not sitting there anymore counting the days until until Friday so I can have a two-day weekend and then go back and suffer and I'm, I'm not doing that anymore hmm. so that's the move <laughs> that I made <laughs> that's a, it's a big move yeah. yeah no I appreciate you sharing that I think there's so many things that like you said the reactions and people go it's kind of crazy mm -hmm. and And I think something that we do often feels crazy to other people. Yes. Because they're not doing it. Yep. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. If it isn't crazy for us or sometimes it's crazy for us to not do it. Yeah. And uh, and all the changes and, and the way you feel and the way you get to experience life now because of that mm -hmm. crazy decision you made. A hundred percent. It was scarier. I decided in the end that it was scarier for me to not do it than it was to do it. Mm -hmm. It was scarier for me to stay in that suffering situation than it was to see what's out there in the complete unknown. Mm -hmm. And 
also I think people tend to as human beings we like to look at each other mm-hmm. and and use that as a, a determining factor of what we should do what everybody else is doing and you have to remember yeah. that there's nobody else in your brain but you so even if people and most people will have good intentions they not everyone but they're trying to based upon their own traumas and their own fears and their own limiting beliefs and perceptions they're gonna tell you the advice that they would do because they're in their own minds but they're not in yours and so everyone around me is telling me you have this 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 and this which on paper is the right thing to have and you're gonna dump it all for some unknown craziness what are you that's great that's insane to do and I can understand that to them it would be but the only thing they're missing is my internal compass of how it makes me feel to do one thing or the other and I'm gonna always 100% of the time go with that yeah you're the one who has to live your life exactly yeah and it's crazy because I feel like if you ask anyone most people will say like money doesn't buy happiness we'll say that Mm mm-hmm but yet our lifestyles often don't reflect that we really truly believe that. Yep. And and I know you and I had talked a lot the other week about just like that wealth is, it's subjective. Yep. It's what it feels like for an individual. Mm-hmm. It's what it feels like for you. Mm-hmm. And whether you can afford to buy time or physicality of something, what what's important to you. Yep. And so, yeah, it's, it is. It's scarier not to. It's like... You need the milk, so we do the fearful thing and yes. we go to the store. Yes. And then we're happy that we have it, and it's more scary and, and more withholding to not do that thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, You know, I you make, know. Uh, right now I make about a quarter of what I was making in Tel Aviv. And I was making a wonderful salary. <coughs> the salaries over there are very good. I had a good job, high level, blah, 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 checked all the boxes. I'm making so much less money now, if you just look at the numbers. And yet, the amount of happiness that I have, it, it's not directly correlated. I'm not four times happier. I'm four <laughs> billion, zillion times happier. And I have all the money that I, that I want. Not that I need, that I want. Because back then, I had all the money that I needed, for sure. And I even had money if I wanted a thing, or I thought I wanted to buy this thing. I, I had it. But what I wanted really, really deeply was freedom. Mm -hmm. And there was, the more money I made, the less freedom I had because the more time I had to be in this office. Mm -hmm. And so now, yes, I have less money, but I noticed that I'm no longer just consuming things because I need to self-soothe because I feel so bad that I'm stuck in an office, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, like, I will go now, you know, find myself shopping in a mall because I need a certain th- I need a certain thing and I want this thing so it's going to improve my quality of life for real and I look at all the other stuff and I don't want it I don't want like maybe I have the money for it maybe I don't I don't want it at all truly genuinely <laughs> and I'm, I'm not just saying that because maybe I don't have it anymore yeah I I don't want it yeah no, I don't it's want almost it. like we start out with like like if every minute of our time is worth a dollar and we start out with all of those dollars mm-hmm. and then paying for freedom costs giving all of them up yeah and yeah and for some people that's not worth the cost they'd rather have the other things and that's fine yep but for those that don't it's also fine it's totally fine yeah 100 percent. no i so appreciate you sharing that and i feel like it's a it's a joy-filled story to to know that you get to live this way and yeah. and and for others to hear permission to pursue what that looks like for them you 
just for being born as a human being, you deserve to pursue the things that make you happy. And if having the white picket fence and the high up job and the car and the house and everything makes you happy, great do that do it to the best of your ability to the full extent but if it doesn't and that happens to be the sort of standard of of western society if that's not doing it for you you have the right and i believe the obligation to pursue the thing that actually does do that for you whatever that may be as long as you're not hurting anybody else and you're treating yourself with love mm-hmm. yeah very much very well said thank you uh, so you have not known me for too long, but um, yeah, I feel like we met and got right into yeah. the depths of conversation. <laughs> Easily. Um, but what is something you think you and I have in common? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know everything. <laughs> um, well, like you said, when I met with Rob and he immediately was like, I have someone for you. <laughs> like out of nothing. Um I believe that we are seeing life in the same way and even though you know obviously we both have the travel bug and we're not getting rid of it um, and we both sort of love doing a lot of the same things I think we both understand that we are trying to live in the way that's going to make us the most fulfilled in whatever way that looks like to us and so a lot of people will focus on the details of this much money or this career or children no children or where to go or what no that's not important we're we're both chasing the same kind of i don't know if you want to call it fulfillment or enlightenment all these crazy big words but it's just a feeling of peace Mm. joy content Mm. happiness Mm -hmm. i think that's what we have in common and that's why both of us are living the lives that we are even though they may on the surface look different i think we have the same exact goal yeah live a, a purpose peace-filled life mm-hmm. i love that yeah well <laughs> it's it's cool to share that with you very much <laughs> yeah so um what is something you are looking forward to at this moment uh you know what oh this is gonna sound like such <laughs> a hippy dippy answer but i really <laughs> mean this i stopped looking forward to things Mm. because I feel much happier in the present moment and that doesn't mean that you know I'm I'm looking forward to all the unnamed things that I don't even know are going to happen it doesn't mean I'm sitting here like nothing good in the future of course (laughs) not of course not I'm going to Korea I'm gonna meet new people I'm gonna do lots of cool stuff Um, but I I sort of feel more peaceful and more present when I just allow the things to happen to me as they happen to me. It's sort of a slippery slope to, you can be excited about things and look forward to things, but when you start to do that, you start to create in your mind these sort of scenarios. And when these scenarios inevitably don't happen the exact way that you think, it can make room for disappointment. Mm -hmm. So as much as I can, again, I am looking forward to going to Korea. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. But I'm trying my best to stay right here, right now, and not go on too many, like, scenario hamster wheels of dreams that haven't Mm -hmm. happened yet, just to to keep myself here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think it is. It's kind of like 
sometimes almost it's harder when there are a lot of cool things to look forward mm-hmm. to and be excited about to remind yourself to also enjoy where you are. Yes. And so I love the intentionality that you're saying, like I'm pushing myself, forcing myself mm-hmm. to stay really present in mm-hmm. where I am and to really enjoy what I did look forward to before. Mm-hmm. It's here now. Exactly. We're, he- we're in something we looked forward to. So enjoy it. I, when I, I, the reason I do this so like extremely, and I think people might say that that's a very extreme view and I can understand why is <coughs> because back when I was really suffering with this complex PTSD, my brain, I, I could not be in the present for even one second. It was absolutely unbearable to me. So if I had, let's say, you know, I had a, a dinner or a holiday and some friends were coming over, my brain would be, okay, in four hours, I'm going to have to go to the store and then I'll have three hours to cook and then I'm going to cook this, 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 and I'd have the recipes pulled up and na, 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 and I would start cooking and I would always be, I'm not, you know, cooking and being present in the cooking. I'm like, okay, I have this much time left and I have this much time left and I have to make this still and I have to make this still and make this still and then I finally, I finish all the food and then the people come and I'm I'm standing up and I'm, I'm not sitting down, I'm not enjoying anything, I'm just kind of thinking, okay, are they happy? Are they good? Are we good? Okay, let me start cleaning the dishes now that we finish and let me do this and then tomorrow is this and I was never Hmm. ever just there Hmm. and so time would pass me by and in the meantime I the entire time I I spent was just in stress because I was never ever here and I was always trying to plan and control and you know predict the next few seconds Mm -hmm. so now even with even with the good stuff I really try to hone it in and keep myself here at all times if I can yeah no it's like yeah going through those times where you feel like you're I don't know I feel like the best way for maybe other people to understand that feeling is like for anybody who's ever gone for a run that hates running Mm -hmm. and you start telling yourself like okay like I've got you know two miles left Mm -hmm. all right that means I'm I'm running four I've already I'm halfway there okay I've I've only got halfway left okay I could break it down into into this I've only got this many units of this left or it could take me this amount of time or if I'm listening to music it's like this many songs and we just start to go through this like cyclical math problem in our head of like how do I make this thing end faster so I don't think about it and in reality we're just like perseverating on it so much that we're not appreciating any of the good in it we're not learning any of the hard lesson in the difficulty of it Mm -hmm. and we're literally just like proverbially passing time constantly we're we don't want to be here yeah (laughs) so we self-soothe by running over scenarios over and over again to get ourselves out of here because most of us don't feel good in our own bodies and in the present moment Mm -hmm. and we're not able because especially western society it teaches us to avoid discomfort Mm -hmm. at all costs Mm -hmm. so if we're not feeling good about something what do we do we'll pick up a phone and try to numb it or we'll do something that distracts us or we'll it's Mm -hmm. it's not good if you're not able to sit in any kind of discomfort Mm -hmm. You're not, you're right, you're not learning the lessons from it. You're not absorbing and enjoying what you can out of the moment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, like I said, it's not that I'm not looking forward. I'm not mm-hmm. like a Debbie Downer or anything like that. <laughs> no. But I really do try to stay right here and not look forward and not look backwards. Just just look right here. Mm-hmm. Right here. Yeah, I have a, a friend that we joked with, like, I'm excited for now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. yeah, it's like, it is. I really appreciate, I really appreciate you, like, breaking that down for everybody. Because I think it is, it's something that, like, 
we don't hear often. It's true. And I think it is something like the self-soothing aspect is something especially a lot of Western culture really does. And and maybe don't even realize that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a valuable conversation to sit in. Yeah, I think so. I appreciate I that. So. Um, on the other side of that, is there anything you wish was over already or maybe didn't exist in the world today? I can sit here and I can try to wish away suffering and poverty and hunger and nobody wants this stuff to happen I've been affected by it people I love have been affected by it I don't want to see anybody suffer I don't want any of that for anyone but I also believe that all of the things that I overcame and I went through while I didn't necessarily deserve these things because I'm a bad person all of these things made me uncomfortable enough to make me move Mm -hmm. physically and mentally Mm -hmm. and so I don't regret anything I don't wish to change anything I do wish that people can become aware of themselves and of the present moment that they're in open their eyes to the situations that are happening and see what types of things they can change to try and change their situation. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have to suffer continuously, Mm -hmm. suffer anymore. Mm -hmm. But no, I I don't... It's It's like playing God, you know? I could zap away poverty and I could make everybody win the lottery and but there's always gonna be a cause and effect. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. if every, the only thing that I would change is to give everybody a sense of self-awareness and to do with that what they will. That's it. I don't want any kind of power like that where I change somebody else's course of life. Mm -hmm. But I wish maybe everyone can speed up their own process Mm -hmm. of becoming aware, opening their eyes and making the changes they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that because it is. There's again that that discomfort also breeds growth. It also yeah. breeds beautiful things. Yeah. And sometimes those things don't happen if we don't have those moments of struggle or whatever that looks like. And and so yeah, you're, you're right to say like, hey, I wish we all just maybe were a little bit more aware, s- aware yeah. to process, to walk through it, to move into it. Yeah. So, I yeah. I was very uncomfortable for a very long time. I was the black sheep. I looked around me and my peers had more than me, they had more money, they had more stability, they had whatever they had and I would feel resentful and I would feel, but on the other hand, I look at most of them now and the comfort they were in, they've sort of remained in that comfort and I I wish them very well. Uh, Some of them seem to be decently happy, but I know that I am ecstatically happy every single day because I'm consciously making choices to out out of an awareness of what discomfort feels like and what I need to feel joy mm-hmm. whereas people who've been comfortable their their whole life there's absolutely nothing that's uncomfortable enough to make the move you know mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. put your hand on a hot stove and it's just sort of lukewarm you can stay on it and if it's boiling hot, you're gonna move. Mm-hmm. And so I'm almost grateful and thankful for mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. I can appreciate that a lot. What would you say makes you feel known and valued? Hmm. Huh. What a nice question. Okay, I've had relationships where, you know, people have spent lots of money on me and 
took me on trips and bought me big things and spent their money and their time planning and doing these things and that's beautiful and wonderful and I appreciate it but I've also had tiny little interactions that are very very specific to me and who I am as Lila and what I like as Lila and those things make me feel like you are listening to me mm-hmm. and you're knowing me and you're not seeing my body or my status or my box that other people have put me in you're seeing who I am as myself mm-hmm. and so I think really listening and watching my body language or I have a I have a friend he's a really 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 good friend one of my best and he's so in tune that if anything happens sometimes nothing even happens and I'll just feel a sort of drop in my emotional state and he'll turn around and be like what what is it I didn't say a word I didn't make a face nothing and he said what I feel I feel you I feel something and that means he is like in tune with me as my energy or my soul or spirit or whatever you want to call it so those are the kinds of things that make me feel very valued and and known Hmm. yeah that's really cool Mm -hmm. yeah to have somebody else say like without you communicating Mm -hmm. that they you know can feel if you're okay or not Mm -hmm. or if you need something or if whatever it is Mm -hmm. that's really yeah to be known that deeply yeah is really cool even even at expense to to themselves you know because it's really easy to take your money and and spend it on something that you saw the other person looking at in a store and give it to them that's great but if you are you have no benefit to yourself Hmm. at all other than like trying to help this person it doesn't offer you any benefit at all you just want to make them feel better Mm -hmm. you can feel the difference i think Mm -hmm. in that oh absolutely we can tell the motivation behind Mm -hmm. why somebody does something pretty quickly yeah yeah Hmm. all right this one may be one that people are interested to hear your response in then (laughs) uh where do you call home and what makes it home to you oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) okay so Right now, as of right now, I don't have a physical home. I don't have a residency. Uh, I don't have a house. I have my backpack, and <laughs> which I, I I refer to my backpack as my house. Let mm-hmm. me go put on my house <laughs> like a turtle. Um, I I feel home most places that I go, um, and I believe that I am my own home because I'm the only constant in all of these things Uh, I move from place to place and pretty much as soon as I get there I notice myself making myself right at home and feeling super comfortable not 100% of the time but most of the time and that's why I end up staying in places for a long time Uh, I don't travel quickly I'm usually there for like a month Um, and I yeah like I said the only constant factor is is me mm-hmm. and my little backpack and even the contents of that backpack can change mm-hmm. I no longer feel an attachment to the material stuff that I have if I ruin this black shirt I'll go buy <laughs> another cheap black shirt I don't care um, I do have a lot of relationships with people all over the world 
and I love them and I miss them when I go um, but I believe that I have made a home in my heart that sounds so corny <laughs> but it's true <laughs> I think yeah, yeah no I can appreciate that I know mm. yeah I think it is it's you're the constant I'm the only constant yeah and and even in that I think there's a realization there that for a lot of other people maybe they feel like well I have other constants mm -hmm. but but in reality they don't control any of those constants exactly. they only can control themselves and Ex and so there is there's a lot of like freedom in just understanding and appreciating the reality of that and and this is coming from a person who I I couldn't bear to be alone with myself for even one second I, I physically couldn't bear it like mm -hmm. I was miserable because mm -hmm. my because of this condition my amygdala was constantly on I was constantly in a fight or flight it felt like every single change in the world was impending doom <laughs> and danger and so it was quite literally unbearable to be alone and now I mm -hmm. I love my own company and I love who I am and the things that I say and do and my beliefs and I'm very aware of what these are and but that took a lot of work mm -hmm. so now because of all that work and because I learned who I was and I learned to love who I am as I am mm -hmm. I feel at home wherever I go because I'm there yeah I love that that's cool yeah and again I think the only negative to that is having people around the world oh, that yeah, that's all hold I know we talked about we, that it's we like, did well there's just another piece of my heart's going you're, somewhere yeah. else now you're <laughs> never ever in this Hold. lifestyle you'll never have everyone you love yeah. in the same place ever again yeah. but yeah. you do you you bring them with mm -hmm. you you know mm -hmm. and the, the people that you're gonna that you're supposed to see again you do somehow and mm -hmm. very much yeah yeah I agree with that uh, what is something you wish you didn't struggle with nothing <laughs> Not that I don't struggle. Yeah, I struggle yeah. with lots of things. Yeah. But I believe that I need to. Hmm. Every single thing so far up until now that I have struggled with, that struggle is the very thing that taught me the skill or the lesson or the, the understanding of a concept that I needed in order to progress onto the next thing. So mm -hmm. the struggle, it's... I'm not saying to be a masochist and to enjoy being, you know, yeah. feeling bad, but you should examine the things that make you struggle because they are direct clues to the things that you need to work on I think if we didn't have these struggles it's just like the discomfort without it you would just stay there mm -hmm. and none of us are getting out of this game alive right because everybody dies so you might as well play and these these struggles these things that you're struggling with it means that your perception of this situation is causing you pain and struggle find out why find out what there is to learn from this struggle and when you do that even though it's difficult you will level up mm -hmm. every time yeah in that vein then what is something you used to struggle with but don't anymore or oh my god in? everything <laughs> um i would struggle with if there was a moment of silence like i wasn't doing something very busying i was doing that cyclical math problem that you talked about i was the worst days for me was when i had a full day of like i don't know four events let's say and each of them were a few hours apart mm. i would spend my whole day going over okay it's 3 30 now i have 25 more minutes and then i have to get to this bus at this time and then this and then go here and then go here and then go here mm -hmm. 
and then it would be 3.26 and I have this many minutes left and I go here and here and I would do it over and over and over and when I was with my friends we would be in a conversation and as soon as we'd finish that conversation and there was a moment of silence I would open my mouth and I would say I would have to say this like okay so it's this o'clock and I need to be here and after a while my, my friend would be like shut up <laughs> like, <laughs> stop and it was a compulsion mm. and so I would struggle with just being here mm. and so huge blocks of time both good and bad were quite literally lost to me mm. years were lost to me I don't even remember some things because I was I wasn't there so I used to really struggle. That was that was the struggle because you can call it anxiety, which means living in the future, which is not real because the future hasn't happened. You can call it depression, which is living in the past, and the past is done, which means it's not real anymore. The only thing that's real is here and now. And if the here and now is causing you pain, then you're, it's, it's a pain to exist at all. And so that was the thing that I that was causing me the suffering. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. No. I, I love getting to meet you and see you on the other side of that. <laughs> Thank you. And, I, and know that you get to live on the other side. Thank of that. you. I love it too. <laughs> I really do. As you should. <laughs> um, what is something you are confident in helping someone else through or with? Um. So, not on purpose. Uh, I I tend to speak about the things that I'm passionate about and one of the things I'm passionate about is this being present like we've been talking about and I guess I didn't realize it at the time and maybe I have heard someone say this before but when I was living in my struggle I wouldn't hear it mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't explained well or I don't know or I just I wasn't mature enough to hear these things and understand them but I have met a lot of people on my travels who are maybe a few years younger or maybe not and I see them now quite clearly struggling with the same things mm-hmm. most people do mm-hmm. and I have been told that I have a very good way of breaking things down and explaining them in a way that make people go oh I, I see that I understand that mm-hmm. and so I have become somewhat of a uh, I don't I don't like how this even sounds coming out of my <laughs> mouth but I I help I have helped a lot of people sort of come back to earth and a lot of people tell me this oh my god the way that you put these things makes so much sense and it's only because I I did it and I did the hard work and I did it mostly alone mm-hmm. and I now would my my only intention is not to be this amazing teacher my intention is to try and help people get there with fewer steps and less suffering than I did and so I I have been told that I'm able to put things in a way that's very simple because it is very simple we just overcomplicate it mm-hmm. yeah that should be the goal just to use what we've experienced yeah, to help somebody to help else people. get there with mm-hmm. a little less pain mm-hmm. yeah. exactly that's not, it, not do I it want. for them not make mm-hmm. it go away just, mm-hmm. just maybe a little less pain really and truly like that is something that fulfills me a lot Mm -hmm. because I'm not getting I'm not getting paid I'm not getting a (laughs) benefit of this the only thing I'm getting is like if I can see people have a better life it genuinely brings me so much joy yeah and I don't want any other benefit than this Mm -hmm. joy it's the best benefit I could get Mm -hmm. so I believe that when I'm doing it 
I'm feeling so good and so fulfilled because it's a thing that I'm doing that doesn't it doesn't benefit me in a physical monetary tangible way mm -hmm. but it's bigger than that mm -hmm. yeah so. absolutely no love that mm -hmm. all right so here's a physical monetary <laughs> question okay <laughs> uh if you were to have ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars and you need to spend it down to zero in two weeks oh my god you can't give it away what are you gonna do with it that is such a hard question <laughs> i i can't give it away nope okay fine <laughs> fine i would <laughs> i get that response a lot from people yeah. they're like wait what is there a loophole because i uh, like six people just popped into my brain of yeah. like i they need this much i'll give it oh. i'll give it but yeah. no okay okay i would use it to pay somebody to help me know exactly the things i need to invest in to create some kind of passive income so that i can just have a completely passive income and then focus all my efforts on just doing exactly what i'm doing right now and by the way the income that i make it's not passive but i do enjoy it so this isn't even like a huge change i guess if listen like a couple years ago if you would have told me this i would have bought some bullshit like <laughs> wow and now i'm sitting here genuinely i can't think of a single thing because i'm doing exactly what i want to do right now and like that's I, why you have all the money you want yeah exactly yeah I, I i swear i know what i would actually do with it and it would involve giving it to a couple of people mm -hmm. half and half like but I, that's against the rules, so. <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would uh, pay somebody to make something that would make me some kind of passive income or a percentage of passive income and leave it at that. Oh, yeah. I like that. Something that allows you to have more flexibility. Uh, more freedom. freedom. I would buy more yeah. freedom with it, that's buy it. more freedom. Yep. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's cool. Um, is there anything you wish you could say to somebody you love, but maybe they're not in a place that they would receive it the way you'd intend it or hear it for the heart you'd want them to? Oh and my gosh. Don't tell me who, if so okay yeah yeah for sure um there's a lot of people that i love i think one of the hardest parts of this this whole thing this kind of growth is seeing the people that you love and understanding and accepting that not everybody is going to be on the same path and some people will sort of never wake up and you just have to let them be who they are which is which is hard for me because i don't want to watch people struggle mm. but if i if i could tell them in, in a way that they would understand i would say please try and open your eyes mm. to the fact that a lot of the things that you do um, almost all the things that you do are based on the limiting beliefs that you have created in your own mind due to your environment and your upbringing and your your surroundings and the people who mm -hmm. are in your life mm -hmm. and maybe you wouldn't have to struggle so hard physically and mentally if you could do this mm -hmm. but if i would say this to these people at this time they would probably tell me to go and fuck myself because <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yeah they're not in a place that they're ready to receive it right so hmm no i can appreciate that for sure and it's something i think many many people can hear and be like okay maybe i can hear it from this person who's not yes in my life and exactly. so maybe i don't need to take it personally and i can just hear it for the good that's behind it exactly but exactly yeah. you know I, the, the people that i that i can connect with in this way they're not my family 
and it makes a lot of sense. And they're, they're often people that I have met in the semi-recent past even. Mm-hmm. Or they're on a level of, you know, good, deep friendship. But family, it's very different. So mm-hmm. I hope that maybe somebody else, even though I know the stuff coming from me, it's not, it's not going to be received. Mm-hmm. Just like I believe the opposite. I'm sure that there are things that they could tell to me that I can't receive it because of too many past wounds or mm-hmm. relationship wounds. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Family can be hard. Yes, it can. <laughs> um, on the other side of that, is there anything you feel would be hard for you to hear about yourself from somebody you love? For sure. Um, I mean, I guess I hear... Right now I'm, I'm staying with my family because I'm, I'm in visiting for a wedding of a family member and I have to... Even though I took my life in my own hands and I left over 10 years ago I have now come back and some of these traumas are obviously still there still existing and it's always a two-way street it's never just one side and so I have had to I I probably fall back into some old patterns because of I feel like I'm moving backwards and I'm I'm rekindling relationships with people who knew me as a different me and it's very easy to sort of fall back into those old patterns mm-hmm. and they will tell me your they'll, they'll tell me things that I take offense to either because they're no longer true mm-hmm. or maybe they are still true in a way but I now see them in a different way mm-hmm. and I sort of have to I have to hear this stuff because I know that I hurt people and I know that people hurt me in the past and even if right now I'm not that person anymore, Mm -hmm. they may still be hurting from things that I have done Mm -hmm. and I have to sit there and hear them and not get defensive because they are true. Mm -hmm. At least, you know, and maybe they're still living in that Mm -hmm. truth even though I'm not. Mm -hmm. And in order for them to heal, I need to take responsibility and sit there and listen and not defend myself and yeah and sometimes that's really hard to do oh my gosh yeah so hard mm-hmm. to sit there and say like all right this person sees me for who i was yep and i want them to understand who i am now mm-hmm. but ultimately that's that doesn't change who i am now and it's yeah. not their responsibility because they are still remembering that person that was mm-hmm. and they and get they get to remember that because that's that's who i was yeah with them. Th- i was yeah. i was that person and hmm. there's a lot of there's there's some some bad blood I believe that it's 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 a wound with a plaster that you've put over it and it's festering underneath and every day that you leave it there it festers even more and it's green and it's nasty and it's bubbling and it's so gross and you can't just put a bigger plaster you have to open it up and start cleaning it out Mm -hmm. and a lot of that hurts and Mm -hmm. sucks and is so gross Mm -hmm. and so even right now like I'm dealing with trying to clean out some of the wounds and it's not as easy as just wiping it with an alcohol wipe it's it's painful Mm -hmm. you have to listen to a lot of stuff and reflect on a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, being willing to hear someone else's pain yeah yeah which is true for them just as yours is true for you it's not it's not even half the story it's both of your stories are correct because Mm -hmm. your reality is real to you yeah you fully experienced what you fully experienced yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely what would you say makes you feel at peace taking a breath (laughs) looking around 
feeling my feet on the ground just I've realized now that there's a difference between having some big dopamine hit that makes me very overjoyed and ecstatic and even almost manic sometimes mm -hmm. versus just actual calm peace and sometimes like every time I sort of zoom out and look observe my situation the times that I'm feeling peace are the times where I'm not doing much of anything I'm just sitting and I just feel good and my brain my mind is is here it's not looking forward to something amazing or thinking about something amazing or vice versa looking being scared of something or reflecting on some terrible thing that happened it's just here and I don't need to be thinking or saying or doing anything else mm -hmm. yeah. just being here you're allowed to fully be here yeah yeah, yeah. it's a really peaceful thing to say mm -hmm. like I can be here I don't need to be anywhere else yeah I don't need to worry why it took me longer to get here mm -hmm. or where I need to be afterwards mm -hmm. I can just be here and like I said for me that was impossible hmm. to do it, it, one second of just sitting there just to sit there <laughs> not happening no way unbearable yeah no can, I can understand that one for yeah. sure but no. would you say that life feels steady or uncertain for you right now both both at the same exact time because mm -hmm. I feel peace that nothing is in my control mm -hmm. I felt distressed when I was trying to keep everything steady mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a paradox here mm -hmm. like I know that's why that's why I don't plan that's why I'm not <laughs> looking looking forward quote unquote because uh, right now uh, I don't know a piano can drop out of the sky right now and <laughs> crush us both in a second and you don't know you just don't know yeah and so I sort of felt feel a peace in letting go of any illusion of control that I thought that mm -hmm. I had and so my life is therefore very steady because I've completely accepted the unsteadiness of it and I just I get on the ride and I go mm -hmm. that's it yeah I, I never know mm -hmm. anything and I'm always okay I'm always adaptable and flexible and because of that I know everything's okay mm -hmm. and I feel mm -hmm. peaceful yeah there's a lot of peace in accepting that like we're not in control of everything nothing literally and, nothing and not having to like worry about figuring it out because we can't yeah we can yeah. And, and it's not our job yeah. too we can our job is to know who we are and what we like and what makes us feel joy everything else is up to the universe or god or whatever you want to call it energy whatever <laughs> and when you accept that even though you no longer have the the control that you never actually had in the first place for real you just feel like it's an illusion but in in one second there could be a bomb and everything's gone uh -huh. so there's no control yeah but there's like a there's a piece of letting jesus take the wheel you know yeah yeah so yeah. both definitely yeah. yeah no i love that all right, this is my loaded question. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody gets a warning. At least you one. warned me. Yeah. I get it. You're a warning. Um, is there anything you wish you could say to the opposite sex that normally wouldn't be received while coming from you as a woman? Whether <laughs> it's a compliment, a oh criticism, uh, something you'd want them to know about themselves, something you'd want them to know about 
women in general however you would take that question yeah um as every single woman that i know bar none has had some kind of bad unsavory interaction with a man and this causes them to say men are trash Mm. and i think everybody is missing the point completely i have learned to see the difference I, i can see it very quickly now if a man is talking at me versus talking to me mm-hmm. so if someone if, if you're an, and and you know this could be a woman too it's any any two people in a conversation mm-hmm. you can either have a list in your head ready to go of things that you think are the things that that person needs to hear in order to behave in or respond in the way that gets you the thing that you're looking for mm-hmm. whatever that may be mm-hmm. and you are no you are not you're you're firing off a list at a target in order to obtain something versus trying to have an actual genuine connection with a human being. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the guys I'll see, they have this checklist. I need to hold the door, I need to pay for the bill, I need to do this, 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 and this. And they do all this stuff and then they don't get the response that they wanted and they say, nice guys, finished last. I was nice, I checked off the stuff and I'm not getting the thing that I want. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, I wanna say to them that you are not you're treating this as a transaction. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, women, women will do the same thing if they're not awake and they're treating it like a transaction. We are human beings, we are people, and we should speak to each other as if we're not a business transaction, but two individual minds. And if you in your own mind have your feelings and your and your thoughts and the way that you think and your opinions and your perceptions and you have to imagine that someone else does as well so the if you look at the the patriarchy controversial word here you can see that the system was set up mm-hmm. to remove that notion from each other mm-hmm. so we see each other as a transaction mm-hmm. we see women as they're supposed to mother and serve and you know sexual and companionship and be the nurturing one and this and that's a service mm-hmm. and then we see men they're supposed to be a wallet their money and they're strong mm-hmm. and they're provider and protective and uh, these can be beautiful things that we can contribute to each other in a relationship because we respect the other person or these can be things off a checklist that you're buying mm-hmm. and you're buying with your words and you're buying with your actions and you're buying with your money and you're buying with mm-hmm. and I think that if we can step back and sort of see each other as human beings just like you feel that you are in your own mm-hmm. self we wouldn't have so many of these problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very much so. I will leave that as exactly as you said. Just listen to that again if you need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I don't know how you feel about public speaking, but we'll assume that aspect is not a part. Um, but if you were to have a large audience before you mm-hmm. and you were to share a bit of advice, a life lesson, um, wisdom, something you feel like people need to know, what would you share? Imagine... You're playing a video game. Mm-hmm. 
okay? You are, you have the controller in your hand and you're looking at the screen and you see your avatar and you're running around and you're interacting with a bunch of characters and you see a bunch of different scenes and maybe you have uh, this kind of equipment or you're from this town or you have this goal or you have this friend or whatever it is, you're the only one with that controller in your hands and all those other people technically from your mind don't exist just like you don't exist from their minds with their hands on their controllers and so if that's the case then everyone that you're seeing and interacting with you're not actually seeing them as they are you're seeing them as you perceive them to be and so if you hear them say something about you you're hearing the perception of what they're saying about you. You're seeing your perception of what they're saying about you. Mm -hmm. If you can fix your perception of everything, of every situation and every minute of your life, then you would realize that you're the only one who exists in your life. You're the only one who has the control of your own behaviors and attitudes and responses to every single situation and every single word that you hear and anything that anybody tells you you have the option or not to put that into your own system of laws governing your life and limiting beliefs that you have placed as blocks in your own mind mm -hmm. you're the only one mm -hmm. here uh, for me, it's it's just me and I'm talking to you. I'm not saying you're not a real person. You are but I only have my controller and so and And that means that I'm the only one who has this internal compass of knowing what to do and how to do it and your intentions may be good or bad or whatever they are, but You can sit here and tell me I'm stupid and ugly and I can if I feel bad about that You didn't make me feel bad I made me feel bad because of my perception about myself and my perception of you and where you are in like on the pedestal that I've put you on mm -hmm. and so I guess I would say to examine every single response emotional behavioral response that you have to every single situation and see mm -hmm. what is it in me that I'm perceiving that's making mm -hmm. me feel or say or think this way mm -hmm. And if you can master that, then all of a sudden, there's really nothing that can stop you at all. Mm -hmm. Because every single time you've had this negative response or feeling, and you've taken an action or behavior in response to this, that was, that was all on you. It doesn't sound so nice and a lot of people will be mm -hmm. defensive and say, no, I didn't choose this, she said this to me or this or whatever. But no, technically, if, okay, I'll give you an example. Um, I work, so I do, I do two jobs to sustain myself. One of them is tattoos, uh, hand poke tattoos. It's very cool, very fun, love it. And I also do some freelance writing. And I worked for 10 years in the high tech industry as a content manager. So I was managing these writers. And I would always see like, they're making so much money and they can work whenever they want and you know I would just say it as an off thought but whatever and when I decided after about 
I don't know, seven or eight months into my travels, I was like, maybe this is something I can do. And I spoke to some people about it and every single person told me, in order to do this, you need a portfolio. You need a bunch of stuff that you wrote so you can prove that you can write. Mm -hmm. And I did not have this because I was the manager. I wasn't writing long form pieces. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I was like, you know, I'm hearing all this stuff from everyone that I need this, I need this, I need this. And I have set up in my mind that I need this. And maybe I can examine why I'm looking at these people and I'm looking at where I put them on the pedestal of who gets to tell me what's real and what's not. Maybe I'm gonna take them down. I'm just gonna see what happens. And long story short, I found myself now been now four different times and now I have like a like three really amazing clients that I work for and it's wonderful and I get paid really well and I love working with them not one of them asked me for a portfolio even one time ever and it just so happened that each situation one of them she she found me because she was leaving in a week and she didn't have time to check my portfolio and I just started on a project because I talked to her for 10 minutes on the phone and another one just happened to be a connection with a friend of a friend who gave my number and she just believed them. Mm -hmm. And so all this like portfolio talk that I was like, I can't do it because I don't have a portfolio and I have to make it and I have to do this and I don't have a website and blah, blah, blah. That, was, that was bullshit. It wasn't real. It wasn't real in my reality. Maybe for them it was and their intentions were good but I had to examine what types of limiting beliefs I made for myself mm -hmm. and I believed them and I mm -hmm. said I can't do this because mm -hmm. I don't have this portfolio and I believed it mm -hmm. until I stepped back and said wait a minute sa says who <laughs> says this person this person this person well maybe for them but you know why for me mm -hmm. yeah I love that <laughs> yeah the the idea that we actually control what we feel that we accept it or yeah. we I deny it yeah, things happen to us out of our control. But we choose who's put on that pedestal of mm -hmm. whose opinion is valid and mm -hmm. what we do or don't need and what we should or shouldn't do. And I think it's like the most freeing and terrifying thought for so many people to yes. realize that, oh crap, I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the same thing that I said about you can be looking at the same situation and interpret it completely differently. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I can say we're all going to die. And that sounds very morbid to some <laughs> and scary and horrible and sad. And for me, I think that's the greatest thing ever because you're only here for a short time mm -hmm. and nobody's gonna win or lose. Mm -hmm. There's no goal mm -hmm. that you have to fulfill so you can win the game, no. Mm -hmm. So you might as well just live your life. We're all gonna die and everybody who knows you is, is gonna forget about you eventually. Mm -hmm. And we're just a little blip in this timeline. Mm -hmm. So you, you can take that and be sad and scared about it, or you can take the same exact objective scenario and be happy and fulfilled and confident and brave and explore new things and try, try everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. What is something you wish people knew about your culture, however you would define that? My culture. So I have... Uh, goodness that's I, I, I I'm a bit of a mutt <laughs> um, hmm okay I guess the one that that jumped to my head so I do have two passports and one of them is Israel and I know that Israel is an extremely controversial mm -hmm. place extremely uh, I've had 
a lot of different reactions on both ends. Mm -hmm. I've had people telling me, I've had crazy people on one side telling me, yeah, you guys are the best and mm -hmm. kill everybody else and yeah, crazy stuff. And then I've also had, you're horrible, you're all pigs, you should all die and burn. And, the mm -hmm. and then I've had mostly in between. And mm -hmm. um, in terms of Israel, the people who are there are good people for the most part. There's obviously a bunch of jerks everywhere you go. There's mm -hmm. racists everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. um, there's people who are ignorant and under or uneducated, for sure. And there's people who are brainwashed, for sure. But I think if people could try and separate the government mm -hmm. from the actual civilians who are living there, who, by the way, are made up of a mix of like every religion and every origin and lots of different types of people with all different stories, mm -hmm. then maybe we could stop grouping people by country or by religion or by color or by whatever and sort of see it as a bigger picture mm -hmm. and try to learn more about each other instead of immediately going to hateful responses in, in either direction because mm -hmm. both of them are wrong mm -hmm. yeah no I appreciate that mm -hmm. for sure mm. what is something you love most about your culture again I'll, I'll speak to Israel only because I've I was there the most recently um, old <laughs> it, it, it's a double-edged sword uh, everybody kind of feels like family mm -hmm. perfect strangers so on the one hand someone will invite you in their house for coffee and you don't know them on the other hand old ladies will have absolutely no problem coming up to you and being <laughs> like you're never going to get a husband if you're fat <laughs> oh my it's, God. It's, yeah yeah and it's kind of like uh and on that in that same vein uh, i appreciate our straightforwardness Mm -hmm. um, there's no beating around the bush. If mm -hmm. somebody doesn't like you, you know right away. Mm -hmm. There's no fake kind of manners and everything. You just say what you need. Mm -hmm. Nobody's judging you for it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's really good. It's really freeing. You don't have to... If you call customer service, you don't have 10 minutes of, oh, I'm so sorry to hear you're having mm -hmm. that problem. That <laughs> never in your life. <laughs> but on the other hand, you got to fight <laughs> a little bit <laughs> for your life. You got to... It, it might feel aggressive. It might feel abrasive a little bit. Mm. Um, it's typically not meant as a, you know, as a negative aggression. It's just the culture. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I do appreciate it. It has made me be able to stand up for myself, mm. be able to say what I want, mm. be able to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, be genuine mm -hmm. with people mm -hmm. and with myself. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it a lot. Mm. Very much. Is there anything within your culture that you're not proud of? Yes. Um, I think that a lot of people, and, and again, it's, it's, not, it's not really their fault. You can always say, there's Google, it's free. Mm -hmm. But when you grow up in a place where you're only getting one side of the story, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so you don't know to look into things that you think are the way they are and you've never even mm -hmm. questioned it. Mm -hmm. You don't know to question what you don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that people mm -hmm. can be a little bit more 
educated in the things that are going on around them in mm -hmm. the region and I hear a lot of the same victim mentality mm -hmm. in defending themselves without because mm -hmm. there's always two sides there's mm -hmm. always two sides it can't be that just one is the good and mm -hmm. one is the bad mm -hmm. and even though it hurts and I've had to look into this too and I've had to sort of detangle and detach my identity from some of these things that I've heard forever growing up and look at the the reality and it, it hurts mm -hmm. to see um, but I think if people can try and take the emotions out and try to look objectively and realize that they are not their governments and they're not their country mm -hmm. they're individual people and most of them have have good hearts and don't want to mm -hmm. see anybody hurt mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. yeah very much i can appreciate that i think so often it's helpful to hear just the other sides of that yeah to hear someone's experience of their own culture mm -hmm. Because, like you said, we don't often know the questions to ask. Exactly. Just because we can ask it doesn't mean we know that we should ask mm -hmm. it. We don't doesn't mean we know what to ask exactly. or what we even need to know or what we want to know. So, I really appreciate you just sharing your perspective on yeah. that. Do you feel like you know what your purpose is in life? Yes. <laughs> My purpose is to be happy. Mm. To have to feel joy, to taste and smell and hear and see and touch the things that I want. I don't think that I have this one goal to reach and to accomplish. No, I think my purpose here, and I even think the word purpose is like a very strong word because the connotations are like, you have to accomplish this crazy goal. No, mm -hmm. I think we're here to have a physical human experience. Mm -hmm and to try and make other people feel better along the way mm -hmm. and so for me you know i my purpose is to explore see what i can see eat what i can eat and <laughs> meet who i can meet and learn what i can learn and mm -hmm. every day that's that's different and i love it that way so my purpose is just to follow my my internal compass that day that moment and get the most joy and experience the most I can mm -hmm. out of that day. Very much. That's cool. Love that. Um, all right. So I know you do tattoos as part of your work, <laughs> yeah. but do you have a favorite tattoo? And if so, why? Hmm. Yes, actually, I do. Uh, I have one on my arm. It's the. It's actually a pagan it's really symbol. Thank you. <laughs> it's the triple moon goddess. And so for me, on my journey, um, I was brought up in a way around people, especially men, who hated women. Mm. They hated them. Um, they didn't see them as people. They saw them as a, as a chore mm. or as something to be, you know, you know, in school, when you're trying to call somebody weak, you say you run like a girl. Mm. <laughs> Or don't be a bitch or don't be a, you know. And I spent a lot of my time trying not to identify with that, trying to be as far away from a woman as I could. So I would look down on things like makeup and I would pride myself in, I don't, I don't paint my nails, I don't do this, I don't, that's for girls, ew. I don't have any girlfriends, I only hang out with the guys. And, and this was coming from 
a place where I was shown that being a woman, which I was and am, is a bad thing. And I have had to really take a good, deep, internal look and realize that because I'm a woman and I can't change that and don't and shouldn't have to change that and don't want to change that now, I I hated myself because I was a woman and being a woman is bad. And so this uh, these three moons on here they represent sort of the pagan idea of the three the three parts of a woman, the maiden, which is uh, beauty and sexuality and creativity, and the mother is a power that literally brings creates brings life from nothing and the crone who is uh, ancient ancient wisdom and magic and so this was my first tattoo actually I was very scared um, but I did it anyway and yeah I, I look at it every day and I get so many compliments on how it the symbol is just the moons but I added flowers and gems and I made it really feminine and I it's, it's also part of taking myself out of this box. I can be a traveler and, you know, dress kind of knock around, whatever, and not do my hair because I'm, I'm on a bus for eight hours. <laughs> yeah. And I can paint my nails because they look pretty mm-hmm. and I like it. And there's nothing wrong and there's nothing bad. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah. I love that message so much. Thank and I you. think that's really cool because it is. It's like we're told something's not valuable. Yep. So we start to alienate ourselves mm-hmm. from anything else that we deem identifies with that yeah and then to be able to embrace that we're allowed to be who we want to be yeah and being a woman i now you know i love it mm-hmm. i think it's wonderful i think it's amazing and yeah for sure there's a lot of struggles that come with it as as for everyone but mm-hmm. there's something beautiful in mm-hmm. in gentleness mm-hmm. and in compassion and in nurturing and in caring and in things that are feminine and pretty and flowy and Mm -hmm. it's it's also um i I looked into this a lot with the complex ptsd i was not living in my body Mm -hmm. at all and the the yin and the yang energy they say that the masculine the yang is in the mind it's the logic and the Mm -hmm. brain and the thinking Mm -hmm. and the yin is in the body and it's the female energy Mm -hmm. and so I, this also was kind of part of uh, bringing me back into my body from the neck down and, mm-hmm. and feeling and flowing. Women will often go with their feelings about a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the internal compass that we have. And everybody, not just women, everybody should mm-hmm. be able to feel their body and mm-hmm. go with it with their internal signals. Mm-hmm. It will help a lot. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. I love that. Um, what is something you've accomplished that you're really proud of? Every single thing that I do, <laughs> I tell myself, good job. Hmm. Including that store in Morocco, mm-hmm. including every time I get paid, every time I do a tattoo, hmm. every time I meet a new person, hmm. every time someone says thank you because hmm. I did something or I helped in some way. Every single day I tell myself how proud of myself I am because I don't think that we get that enough from, from others, much less from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I look at my life and I look at what I've done and what I still continue to do. And I'm, I'm like, holy shit, I'm so proud of myself. Look, <laughs> look at all these amazing. And someone else might look at me going downstairs to get some milk from a store by myself in a town in North Morocco where there's no tourists would be like, you know, you got some milk. Good job. But they don't understand the mental battles that I was going through mm-hmm. in order to accomplish that. 
mm-hmm. and so yeah I'm, I'm proud of mm-hmm. every single thing that I do and that I am mm-hmm. and anytime I'm not 100% proud of it I will try to fix it mm-hmm. so that I can be proud of it mm-hmm. yeah and as you should be yeah thank you yeah it's cool well Lila there's so much that <laughs> I just really appreciate you opening up and sharing and just allowing me the absolute honor of letting people get to hear a bit of the amazing woman and the beautiful woman that you really are um, but is there anything else you want others to know about who you are or what matters to you I guess not about me because hmm. it's not about me if everybody can try and for just a moment like mm-hmm. zoom out of all the stuff all the hamster wheels that they have going on at all times in their minds and just take a moment to feel your feet on the ground and to like smell the air around you and look at the colors and just kind of be here that's essentially the tool that I use to keep myself at peace and feeling proud of myself and feeling capable and feeling confident Mm -hmm. and so I guess knowing that about me maybe they can take that on and do that for themselves too and we would have a much happier more peaceful world I think well I like that too much and happier or much happier and more peaceful world for sure yeah no Lila I just I so appreciate your time your willingness to just sit down and 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 just have a have a human connection and conversation i love it it's my favorite thing to do (laughs) same thank you (laughs) thank you yeah i appreciate it thank you for tuning in to this world my view your reviews are what keep this show going so if you have a moment i would so appreciate you just taking a second to write a review anything from i really enjoyed this or something you took away that changed your perspective or impacted your life or something you connected with If you have a chance to share that on social media and tag me and the show in it, I would greatly appreciate that. I just want to thank you also for just being a part of my world and community here at This World My View.